So I, I'm obviously Todd, my wife Julie, <laughs> and uh, uh, let me start by just praying for us. Lord, I just I, I pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation mm. of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Um, so we're going to share with you a little bit about our story, and I think we're going to start, uh, I'm going to share with you the fact that I love the Old Testament. And I love the prophets in the Old Testament in particular. Um, and uh, there's a prophet in the Old Testament uh, whose name is Isaiah. And one of the things that I love about his book in the Old Testament is, is he, um, God gave him a vision for what Jesus would be like. Uh, and in particular, in Isaiah 61, 3, uh, Isaiah describes who Jesus will be. Not, not his name or where he's born or any of that kind of stuff, but, but what kind of person he is. And he says uh, the Messiah, Jesus, is gonna come to appoint them that mourn in Zion and to give unto them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heavenness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, planting the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And I love that just because it's a picture of the fact that uh, Jesus is all about taking things that are burnt up, taking things... Uh, that, are, that we are mourning the loss of and turning that, those ashes into beauty and turning uh, that mourning into the oil of joy. And so that's really our story. Uh, we're gonna share with you a little bit about uh, kind of our history and our story, but the thing that I love about that is uh, you get to see a glimpse of the fact that God can restore anything even a broken marriage, and, uh, and it begins with him redeeming a broken me. Um, so I'm going to give you, tell you a little bit about kind of my background. I grew up uh, going to church, and I thought I was a Christian because I went to church. It's like believing you're a car because you live in a garage, right? Um, and, but, that's, but that was really my perspective. My perspective was I was a Christian because I attended a church. Um, I had a good moral upbringing, and while I had heard the truth about who Jesus is, um, that religion stuff was really uh, not for me. In my mind, it was for weak people. Um, at an early age, uh, I was diagnosed uh, with dyslexia. That would have been in the, for those of you that are around my age, that would have been in the 60s. So it was a new diagnosis. People didn't know much about it. Uh, my mom tells the story that there was a, a high school principal who called her in and said, hey, your son is stupid. He'll never graduate from high school. Uh, and you'll be lucky if he, uh, if he makes it into secondary education, if he makes it to high school. Um, and that was really a formative event for me um, because it became the cornerstone of a character of... Uh, me being self-reliant, me trying to perform, uh, me trying to control my circumstances, and when I was good at doing that, me being prideful 
about the fact that, uh, that I made it happen. Uh, and um, I would show them that I could do anything I put my mind to. Uh, and while in the minds of some, that attitude allowed me to excel in the things of this world, um, it also brought a spirit of arrogance uh, and a focus on self that I struggle with to this day. Uh, I think I know what's best, not just for me, but for the people around me. Uh, and when I am in my flesh, I am difficult to be around. Uh, when, I am not being, when I'm being controlled by Todd instead of being controlled by God, I am not a very pleasant guy. Um, in 1993, uh, uh, after finding a fair amount of worldly success that uh, I discovered was really empty, uh, I gave my life to Christ and began a process of dying, of crucifying that old guy and, and letting him die and starting to live for Christ. Uh, Romans 6.13 says, uh, do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For me, that's an easy thing to say. It's been a really tough thing to do, and it's been a really long journey for me. Um, I started to deal with some of my junk after I became a believer. You know, the stuff that looks bad in the world's eyes. I stopped using women. I stopped uh, cussing. I stopped drinking to excess. Uh, and I began to grow in the knowledge of God and his word. I served in a church, but I always struggled with thinking this was more about me than it was about God. I was born and raised in um, St. Louis, Missouri, and we went to church every Sunday because that's what was expected. Um, unfortunately, at the time, I, did, I learned more about the rules of religion than I did the joy of a relationship. Uh, there was little emotion or communication in my family. My dad called um, our first and only family meeting when I was a freshman in high school to tell us that he was leaving. And uh, I was completely blindsided. I had no idea how to process that, so I didn't. I learned that counting on others only ended in pain, and this included counting on God, so I stopped going to church with no intention of ever returning. It was safer to only count on myself. I spent the next several years participating in everything that the world tells you will bring you life. And um, my motto, my identity was wrapped up in experiences, adventures, and fun. Fast forward to um, after college, I was 26 years old living in Los Angeles in yet another unhealthy relationship. And miraculously, in the midst of this chaos, I began to sense that the things I was chasing after for life were actually leaving more scars and more pain than life. Uh, my older brother and sister had recently returned to church, but it looked a lot different than what it had in our childhood. Their lives um, were truly changed. There was something different about them than, um, than anything I had seen before. Uh, my brother had sent me a book, More Than a Carpenter, by Josh McDowell, 
And after reading this, I accepted my sister's invitation to move um, to her, move to Dallas to live with her. So God literally picked me up and moved me across the country through Bible study fellowship, Christ-centered teachings, and numerous discussions. It became obvious um, that the life I was searching could only be found um, through a relationship with Jesus. I saw my need for a savior and I turned my life over to him. In 1997, five years after I'd become a believer, I met Julie. Uh, she would be the first girl, first and only girl that I dated as a Christian. Um, uh, God saved me from kind of the mess that I had created before uh, my life changed. Um, she was a breath of fresh air. She, uh, she was funny. She was lighthearted. She was kind, caring, uh, and she was pursuing Jesus. Uh, I knew I wanted to marry her the first time that I met her. We talked for hours about life, ministry, hopes and dreams, what we believed in. Uh, it was great. Uh, while our courtship was anything but traditional, uh, it solidified in me that she was God's choice for me. Uh, and I can honestly say I've never second-guessed marrying her. That does not mean that there have not been times when I thought, what in the world have I done? Okay. Todd and I met through the singles ministry at the church that we were both attending. And over the next several months, we, um, we would run into each other at social events. But during this time, I was dating someone from another church. And about the time that I thought he was going to propose, the other guy, about the time I thought he was going to propose, he dropped me. And um, so my heart was completely shattered. Once again, I was blindsided, and Todd made his move. So he, um, he was very intentional, and in, and in one long conversation, he informed me that he was interested in me since we met, that he would like to call my dad to ask if he could date me, and that it was okay if we didn't kiss until we got to the altar. Um, once my head stopped spinning from this conversation and I had time to process it, I actually realized that I had a better understanding of where I, of where I was after three hours with him than nine months with this other person. And, um, and his leadership, actually, his communication and um, decisiveness were actually so attractive and felt so secure for me. First uh, Corinthians seven twenty. First uh, uh, Corinthians seven twenty eight. Uh, Paul warns us that marriage is going to be tough, uh, but if you marry, you have not sinned, and if you're a vir and if a virgin marries, she has not sinned yet. Such will have trouble in life, and I'm trying to spare you. Um, I think we can all in this room testify to the fact that Paul, or the Holy Spirit, through Paul, uh, knew what he was talking about, right? Um, uh, I must admit, I had pretty unrealistic expectations for marriage. I thought we would agree on everything. And when I say agree, I mean Julie would agree with me. Um, that was my first mistake. I thought we would have perfect kids, a perfect home, the perfect, you, you kind of name it. 
And, and when it didn't work out that way, I knew whose fault it was, and it certainly wasn't mine. Um, that was my second mistake. Um, my plans were not uh, um, always ungodly or even selfish, uh, but they were my plans, not God's plans. My selfishness was not only in the plans, but in whose plans I wanted to live. And uh, when they didn't work out the way that I thought they should, I was hurt and I was angry and I was frustrated and it impacted my marriage. Todd's leadership propelled us into our um, first house and a, a large remodeling project. And all the decisions were not so overwhelming because I was letting him make most of them. Todd felt strongly about his preferences. His bar was high and um, I soon realized that I couldn't measure up. The safety and security I thought that he would provide eventually evolved into oppression and feelings of being trapped. My fear of failure produced, angry, ang produced anger every time he um, tried to gently tell me how I could do things better. When I did try to express my opinions or my feelings, his litigation skills took over and I shut down. So I believed the lie that when there was an issue, to discuss, one person was going to come out the winner and one person was going to come out the loser. And I was tired of being the loser, so I just didn't bother bringing things up. I was stuffing my resentment and it was coming out in all the wrong directions. I went through CR, which is the predecessor to regeneration, the first time because my anger had become a real issue. God began to show me how my conflict avoidance was creating internal chaos and how I needed to get my significance from God, not Todd. I was looking to Todd to be my safety and security when the truth is that's a job that only God can do. I finished CR with a much better understanding of my pitfalls and my junk. However, the dynamics of our marriage hadn't really changed. For a long time, I saw the problems in my marriage or our marriage as Julie's problems. Uh, it was my cross to bear. I looked at her and never considered that God was using her to reveal my sin, my shortcomings. You know, that prideful, selfish, controlling, arrogant lover of self that I am, that's the only way I could see it. Uh, Matthew 7, 3, 1 through, uh, Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says, Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. Uh, first take the log out of your own eye and then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's. Over time, with the help of friends and Celebrate Recovery, I came to see my part in our struggles. I came to understand that my insecurities... Uh, were not only hampering my growth, but were feeding the fears and insecurities of my wife. My perfectionism and criticism fed her insecurities about not being good enough. My controlling nature fed her feelings that her desires didn't matter and that her opinion would not count. Um, I remember uh, 
when we had bought our first house and we were painting a bedroom, uh, we were having this conversation and I proceeded to tell her, you know, that I thought excellence honored God and inspired people and I wanted to do everything excellently in our life and in our marriage. Uh, and it was just another way for me to try and control uh, how I wanted that, things done. That was his way to encourage me on how I was painting the trim. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my perfectionism in the, in the midst of that scared my wife to death. It fed on her fear uh, that she could never do things well enough and her fear, her, her fear of failure. Um, we, needed, we each needed to focus on our own junk and realize God had a good and perfect plan for our lives and that included being married to each other. I needed to stop blaming Julie and remember why I fell in love with her to begin with. The things that caused conflict in our marriage were part of the very things that attracted me to her. The things that drove me crazy were the very things that God was using to conform me to the image of his son. Um, Julie's free spirit meant I needed to lighten up and to not take my myself too seriously. Julie's uniqueness meant that she had an opinion and it wasn't mine. Um, Julie's care for people meant that my agenda needed to give way to people's needs and that people are more important than tasks. God used Todd to reveal my people-pleasing, my conflict avoidance, and my fear of failure. But most importantly, God showed me that my identity needs to be rooted in him and not Todd. When I'm struggling to find the right words for a difficult conversation with a friend, Todd is who I go to. His decisiveness and attention to detail has helped us through numerous hard decisions and complex situations over the last 25 years. God knew exactly what he was doing when he put the two of us together. My junk was and at times still is what God uses to transform Todd and vice versa. I love Todd and the parts of him that God is still sanctifying because God uses those things to continue to transform me. My identity needs to be rooted in God and God alone. That's where true safety is. God can be counted on and is worthy of my complete surrender. We needed to fall in love again with the things that brought us together uh, uh, in one another's lives and appreciate that we were God's provision to complete one another, to counterbalance our learnings, to convict us of our sin, to help us to die to self, to die to avoidance, to die to pride, to die to fear of failure, to die to our plans and be okay with what God has planned for us. 20 years ago, the Lord used friends in Sierra to start us on a journey of rediscovery, of falling in love again, of rebuilding trust with each other. It took time. It took hard work. It took us laying aside our selfish desires. But God has healed. God has restored. God has brought about a deep sense of love in our marriage. I can't imagine being married to anyone else. Julie's my helper She's my completer and my friend. And that's a work that only God could do. Thanks for letting us share our story. <laughs>